0: Hello there, I'm Kevin Scott, writer of Star Wars The High Republic from Marvel, and you're listening to The Living Force. Welcome to The Living Force Podcast. Oh, A Utini podcast network production. They wanna episode 135, Dia de los Muertos celebration. <laughs> on this episode, Eric's trip to the happiest place on earth. <laughs> The Star Wars Weekly Roundup. As you wish. And the Utini crew talks about the legacy of Star Wars characters. No one's ever really gone. And now, here are your hosts. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins.
1: Utini! Hello everyone! Welcome to another episode of The Living Force, a Utini Network podcast. All about the books we love and the people we love even more. My name's Eric Eilerson, I'm one of your hosts, and joining me tonight is the full crew, starting off with the almost done with the damn trailer, Dr. Corey Hilton.
2: <laughs> it's exactly how I freaking feel right now, too, <laughs> let me tell you, holy smokes. I'm like, having a Halloween party this weekend, and uh, everybody wants to see it, so I'm doing my absolute damnedest to get it done by Friday. And it's not going to happen.
3: <laughs> you know, I've, I've given up. I've important. decided it's not going to happen. But
2: <laughs> just about everything's done. So, Well, that should
3: good. You should park it somewhere where they can't find it and then rent a really crappy one. That's what I did. <laughs> like a pop-up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. camper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a pop-up camper. Like, just, like a
2: really run-down camper yeah. that like barely, barely is even on wheels. So be, They'll be like, I thought you were building one. Well, oh, no, I sold that. This I got this is, one is instead. This <laughs> is
4: so unlike you, though, Corey. Like... You Typical you would just not sleep between now and Friday and somehow finish this thing.
2: Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, the supply chain is my is my evil, apparently.
1: so Nothing you know. like a supply chain to force Corey into a little bit of self-care, everyone. But uh, if you heard that other voice, that was the glorious voice of the epitome of self-care uh, for others, just not himself, Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, I was, buddy. I was wondering where that one was going. I was like, wow. Um, hey.
4: I'm doing well. I think uh, I'm better now that I'm here with you guys.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks, man. That That's... sounds
4: exactly like someone who
2: doesn't take care of themselves would say. <laughs> Very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, we're all here. We're all slightly healthy, but we're really only healthy because we have, by osmosis, like, absorbed the good vibes that are leaking out of Texas through Wes Jenkins.
3: Happy World Series season, everyone. <laughs> Maybe just uh, me <gasps> into our friends in Atlanta.
0: <laughs> Amazing. I am
3: a Happy Guy. And I had I had tickets to game seven, but we didn't need those. Uh silly me. So I'm gonna get a refund anyways. <laughs> um so just to say we are the most hated team in America right now and I love it, and I can't wait for like Eric had said before we went on we went on live, um, how everybody's gonna root against us to uh to lose. So go less and I Houston Astros all right well 21 uh, World Series
4: careful Champions. careful we gotta have some
1: kind of bet going in the verse <laughs> with our Atlanta fans but uh everyone before we get That's too much fine. closer I do want to say I'm getting better at this if you're watching us live hello if you're watching us later hello make sure you like the video subscribe to the channel which now has over 2,000 subscribers we just crossed that threshold thank you all so much for watching and supporting everything we do at Utini. it's awesome um that was a little selfish it's awesome we're awesome uh no you're great we appreciate all the love and support uh but i did want to take a second to not even humble brag just brag a little bit i'm sorry for this next segment but i gotta do it as i said in the pre-roll intro i am 30 now i turned 30 last week and for that i went on my big adult vacation to disneyland and it was awesome. Like nerd y'all, if you are an adult that is able to save up money for two years because of a global pandemic, I highly recommend going to Disneyland uh, because it's really great. And I went to galaxy's edge for the first time ever. And it was everything that I kind of wanted it to be. Um, and I just wanted to share with y'all a little bit of the things that I was able to get some of the presents that happened. Cause like it was fun. It was a great time. Uh, but first, got to shout out my partner, Charlie, uh, my Ghost Crew host, my partner in life, all the great things. Because she gave me this before we left. Yeah, Spend Solo's lightsaber to add to my truly Ooh. stupidly large lightsaber collection at this point. Um, wow. This has been in our apartment for four months, I
4: found Holy out. Holy crap. She
1: hid it in a closet. <laughs> and we have a one bedroom apartment. Um, but she hid this. They're, they're really bad
4: at finding stuff.
3: Yeah, how do you I not just
1: like go you know.
4: rummaging through your
3: things? I don't like looking really for like,
1: presents. <laughs> you should really like
2: do some chores
3: or something, man. Oh, man. no, 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 <laughs> that's
2: ridiculous.
1: That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but she got me that, but that, of course, does not. I love that lightsaber, but it's my second favorite lightsaber I got the week because I did go to Galaxy's Edge and build this guy. This is my, oh. my gold High Republic-esque blade that I built at Savi's Workshop for a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, if y'all are going to Galaxy's Edge and you're thinking about it, like, is it really cool enough to warrant the money? It was one of the most, like, spiritual Star Wars experiences I've ever had. Like, wow. don't look up what happens. Don't look up yeah, videos. I know. it's,
2: oh, it's I, God. Was, I was going to say, like, it's so funny. Like, people on our team have – lots of people have been to Disneyland or Disney World and done some of these experiences, but nobody talks about it. No, nope. Like, because we all want everybody else to be able to experience it, right? So yeah. But, like – what was, that, what was that like, Eric? Like, tell us, I don't yeah. know, tell us some of what it was like. What was it like going through the park? I mean, mm-hmm. it, like, looks like you're actually in Star Wars, right? Yeah,
1: it, it, it was great because when I went there, Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, at least, is, like, in the back of the park. So if you go into Disneyland proper, you, like, go through, like, there's, like, Adventureland and Tomorrowland, and, like, it's split up. And Galaxy's Edge is in kind of, like, the back corner. So we got there the first day at 6.30 a.m. to get there at, Ooh. like, the rope drop of the park. Uh, so the, when the park eventually opened, me and Charlie and a couple of my friends that were there, we ran all the way to the back of the park, and everyone else goes to rides first. So Galaxy's Edge, when I got there, I essentially had an empty park, and as you walk through, there's music that starts because all of Disneyland has speakers all around um giving you vibes of where you are. So I started to hear these like little bird calls. I started to hear these wild like wilderness sounds. And the trash cans started to change and they had Orabesh on them. And I was it like slowly transformed into Bachu. Like I went by an A Wing. And then I went by the X Wing and then I turned the corner and the whole bazaar is there going into Black Spire Outpost. And then I went through the main thing where you get the Ronto Raps, or like the pod racer engine is and then I looked and it's just a Millennium Falcon. And it was wow. like I, I mean, you freeze. You freeze, right? I mean, you can't – right. it's, it's, a, it's a life-size Millennium Falcon, and it was absolutely gorgeous, and the whole the whole time was like that. Like, every time you're walking around, it's so immersive. It's so beautifully put together. Even on, when there's big crowds, too, it's easy to navigate. And, of course, there's, like, all kinds of stuff to get. Doc Ondar's is one of my favorites, like, you know, the place where you get all your oddities. Like, I got this guy. I got the Rose Tico uh, Haitian Smelt Necklace. Nice. Then her, nice. has right? Isn't that the one? Hessian smelt yeah. good conductor. Mm-hmm. Hessian smelt. I got mm-hmm. three extra Kyber crystals because you can change the color of your lightsaber you build if you want oh, with cool. an actual crystal that tells the programming of the blade what color to put on, which is amazing. And for, just for you, Wes, I got one of those. Yes, we got one nice. of the Coke bottle thermal <laughs> detonators. And one of the cool. Oh, um, and then for you guys, I got the boy. Who is mother? I got some chance cubes.
4: <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> we need to work those into the show.
1: We absolutely will. And then one of the cool things when you go to Savis, um, because the the conceit of it is that you're like building scrap because Jedi, it's like Jedi are still on the run because it's between uh, episodes eight and nine, I believe. And mm-hmm. you go and look in at the four categories of lightsaber. Basically, one's like Jedi, one's like Sithy, one's nature, and one's like High Republic X. And you pick that beforehand, and they give you a pin. This is the High Republic one I got, which is protection and defense. So when you go in to build your saber, they, like, see you, and then they just pull out the parts of the one that you did. And then Aww. And there's, like, multiple options, and you, like, craft them as they tell you the story of the Jedi and how, like – it's just so cool. And, and one, like, kind of pseudo-dumb thing that I did, but that I actually loved more than anything, was that I got these pins. That's that said, mm-hmm. happy birthday and first visit <clears> – <throat> I'm, and I'm not kidding. I went these all three days because it's the whole trip. From everyone, from cast members, like characters, all the way to like shop owners, to restaurant people, to custodians. Every single Disney cast member employee said "Happy birthday, Eric," and it was the Dude, greatest nice. thing in the world. It was like <laughs> I was like, "Thank you, oh my goodness, thank Did you." Did Kylo Ren
4: tell you "Happy birthday"? I didn't Did get he? close enough because oh. he was
1: talking to kids and if you want to see true immersion and wonder, go to galaxy's edge and watch Kylo Ren talk to like the little kids. Cause they are in it. And like, <laughs> he was amazing. He like asked them all to join the dark side. Um, like uh, every character was just 10 out of 10. We went to a special after hours, like Halloween bash where we got to go meet the villains and get candy. And like, it was just amazing, amazing time. Very fortunate. That I was able to go, um, Oga's Cantina, also the greatest thing ever. This mug is from there. It's, like, hand-carved with Endor symbols.
3: Man, that's Dr- cool.
1: Drinks were great, and it really just feels like a straight-up Star Wars bar. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to see the the blaster bolts from Thrawn Alliances. You can find uh, them when they, they talk about Um And the, a cast member was like, you know, Legend says Darth Vader came to this cantina one time. And I'm like, oh, does it? I know that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just truly Truly, really, like everything I could have ever imagined it to be. <laughs> um, shout out to our boy Freddy on the team uh, from Legends. Look back, who was also um, let me stay in this place the whole time. Uh, I saw him for like five minutes a day. Freddy, you're a king. I love you. And to my buddy Alex, uh, who actually hit me up uh, on Discord and said he was going to be there. Uh, we did meet up, we got to go on Star Tours. My first time I got oh, to meet wow. Alex's family and people and like it was just cool. it was such a cool meetup. Um he was he was he was sporting the epic Utini sweatshirt, so props dude. It was so great to yeah. meet you. Um, nice. I learned that I still don't like rides. Um Uh-oh. like I don't like being jiggled <laughs> But I, you know what I love? Mr. Toad's wild ride, best thing in the world. Like the haunted mansion, dope, like all the cliches. Like you is sick, is great. that why you don't like them? No, it's just pure unadulterated fear. It's just fear. <laughs> like I know. It's like, I know I'm safe logically, but like a lot of them now are screens that they, oh, I'm, I'm flying, I'm falling. And my body's just like,
4: nope, nope. Eric is the guy in price. the VR headset oh, yeah, that like terrified. dives head first into the TV screen. <laughs> yeah. It. No,
1: it is not good, but it is <laughs> That's overall, fantastic. It, it was the best time imaginable. And then Corey, I thought it was, and, and Charles and Wes were part of a giant surprise on my last day that was maybe one of the greatest things that ever happened in my entire life. Um, Corey, what have you been doing behind my back?
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, Charlie texted me a couple of weeks ago. Um, notably, she refused to join Slack, which I did try to con her into doing <laughs> at the time. Uh, but She she insisted that we communicate over text message, which was fine. And uh, we, we essentially put together this crazy birthday video of, like, Eric's family and friends and all these people I've never met before, um, and I edited the crap out of it. It took me, like, five hours to edit all these clips together. Um, and we made this, like, 30-minute video. It was crazy. And I hope it was as big of a surprise as it was to, for us to work on.
1: Yeah. Um, it was funny because Charlie was, like, she assumed I knew what was going on because there's no way you wouldn't have heard. And, like, the uh, my, my best friend Ian I saw at the park who I hadn't seen in person for six years. My friend Sarah I saw at the park who were all part of it. And they were, like, apparently, like, Silently motioning to Charlie while we were at the park, like, has he seen it? Has he seen it? And I'm <laughs> like, I love being surprised, so I don't try to think about things. But yeah, our last day at Disneyland, I get home to Freddy's. I'm about to pass out for four hours, and Charlie is like, wait, hold on. Here's a 27 minute video of all the people you love saying happy 30th birthday, <laughs> including people I hadn't seen for years. And it was, yeah, that's wow. wild, dude. I'd, that's wild. I'd absolutely cried and, and
3: Freddie recorded a, the um, whole
2: thing <laughs> he did he recorded the whole thing unfortunately i don't have that edit when i will eventually make that of where it's just like you just know my, we, we yeah. watch watch reaction like we classically do uh but we have a slack channel eric it's called not eric he showed um, it to me uh, yeah we we do have a slack channel which i'm I'm not sure if i want to delete it or not quite frankly <laughs> just <step
3: so>. <laughs> i just yeah, wanted to come to this channel today to say that eric really pisses me off all right bye <laughs> <laughs> don't say that today
2: pretty much exactly that but it was a ton of fun to edit i do have to say that eric has really incredible friends and uh, like like um my wife made me one of these videos uh a couple like a couple years ago uh for my birthday and none of my friends are interesting like yours are so all these (laughs) all these actors like really went above and beyond in their in their skits and it was really really fantastic it was a ton of fun to edit um, but we did make the very end of the video Star Wars themed and kind of emotional and everything. And I thought I would play it on the show Let's just so you guys it. could kind of see it because it was a lot of fun. And I cried making this, like Ugh. I said before the show, which yeah. was really cool. So let me let me throw it up and and we'll watch that together.
0: What are you doing there, three PO?
3: Taking one last look, sir,
0: at my friends. Happy birthday! Happy your birthday! Happy birthday, Eric! Happy birthday, Eric! Happy birthday! Happy
1: birthday, bitch! Well, happy birthday! Happy birthday!
0: Happy birthday, Eric! Happy birthday, Eric! Happy birthday! Happy birthday, my man! Happy birthday, Eric!
3: Happy birthday,
4: Eric! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy
0: birthday! Happy birthday, Eric! Happy thirtieth birthday, Eric! Happy birthday, Eric! Happy birthday! Happy birthday.
4: Happy birthday, Eric.
0: Happy, happy birthday, 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 Eric. Happy birthday. Look how old you've become. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, friend! Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy, birthday Eric. happy birthday,
3: Happy birthday.
0: Eric. Happy birthday. Happy
3: birthday, man. Happy birthday, love. And may the Force be with you. Always.
1: Yeah, so that was... That was how that ended. And, oh. It was. It was the best. It was the Eric, best Eric
2: cried like a baby. Yep. They filmed his reaction. I'll make the video oh. and put it somewhere. And uh, it was a lot of fun to work on. You got a lot of people in your life that love you, man, Eric. Yeah. And I, I think I. I think I can speak for all three of us here on the show with you that like it's an honor to be your friend, man. So absolutely. You know, speak for just yourself. Just keep doing this but, stupid you know. thing.
3: Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So if you. Uh, <laughs> We do one for you when you're 31. Will it be just as good? <laughs> I'll be like, my 30th nah, was a little bit. I'll
1: be like Dudley. I'll be like, what? how many are there? <laughs> That's one less than <laughs> last, last year, year. Last year, there were 30 videos. 36! <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: we'll next, next year, I'm just going to film a video. I'm just going to be like, well, you're 31. Last year, I made you a video, so whatever. Yeah,
1: i know. Right. buy a beer or something. Uh, well, you know what it was even almost as sweet as all those things? Guys... I won fantasy this week. Uh, this is Good. the teeny fantasy update, really quick. Out of that, oh god, it's gonna be a tough for the rest of the show now. Uh, I did, everyone, win fantasy this week. I did beat Charlie, which makes it a little bittersweet. Um, but Wes, um, you unfortunately ran into the absolute unstoppable Derrick Henry train that is Jacob, um, our, <laughs> our 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 very own Spice Den, who is riding the Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup stack. To invincibility in our league. It is uh, yeah awful. Unreal. I'm sorry. Um,
3: I not only lost, um, I also uh, left uh, Sterling Shepard on my starting roster, who was out, apparently. I didn't look at the updates. Um, I joked in the uh, fantasy football Slack channel that I should just put all my fantasy football players in my fantasy hockey team, and I'd probably score more points. yeah it
1: was uh it was not your best outing uh jacob i i can't wait for that rams bye week so you actually maybe lose but you probably won't uh the league is still going very well and that joke i made about andrew trading christian mccaffrey for derrick henry the first week has aged like milk uh (laughs) andrew great call Great call on that. Sorry, milk man. Milk doesn't age good. That's no, weird. it doesn't. Um, so well done. But you know what ages better than Milk and Christian McCaffrey's injuries? is our Patreons. I keep saying Patreon and Patron at the same time every week. <laughs> Patreons. Our Patreons. It's <laughs> a Patreons. country way of saying Patreon. <laughs> it's our Patreons. We got them Patreons. We got them to Patreons. Us money, you know. Um, <laughs> but damn, dare Patreons. Uh, you're getting a present probably next week uh, because. We, number one, have a new one of y'all. Dennis Shovey, you got in just under the wire, man. Thanks for joining our Patreon. You are going to get our next Patreon reward that is coming your way next week. Yes, everyone, it's finally happening this Friday evening. The four of us wackos are going to get together, have some brews, throw on the Audacity recording, and watch Attack of the Clones. You are getting a play-by-play recording of... I mean, one of the most thought about Star Wars movies in our circles for like the last year, I'd say. You mm-hmm. know?
2: I love this movie. It's so gonna be much. so much I can't fun. Wait. I cannot wait to watch this because last time we watched Phantom Menace and all of us walked away with like new stuff that we'd never seen before. Yep. And I gotta be honest with you guys, I've seen this movie like Probably close the same amount of times that I've seen, like Empire. All right. So, like, no! I'm going to be surprised if you guys point anything out to me that I haven't yeah. seen. So,
1: <laughs> did you know that his lightsaber is yeah. curved because of arthritis? <laughs>
2: I don't know movie facts. That's not my thing. Oh, That's what I look up. Yeah. I right, awesome. look up
3: all the weirdo facts and make sure that way. Yeah. Hayden Christian out. then broke his toe
1: when he kicked <laughs> that helmet. All right. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so, look forward to that. And then, after uh, a little bit of time has passed, not too often. We will be doing our video uh commentary of Rogue One. So, we have a busy month coming up in our lives, uh but for all you patrons to be Maybe November? Yeah, to Maybe. be perfectly honest, you have been supporting us at such a rampant rate we cannot keep up with the reward system. So, that's the uh, the craziest beautiful brag and thanks I can give. Uh you all are amazing.
2: I mean, <laughs> we keep getting Star Wars books and Charles and I are doctors and Charles is busy. <laughs>
1: So we'll Don't
4: remind me. Don't remind
1: <laughs> me. Oh, we love y'all. Alright, we love. We got some great
0: announcements. Wes, hit that Star Wars weekly roundup. Alright, everyone. Star Wars Weekly Roundup, we got three parts. Oh,
1: wait, let me do that properly. This Star Wars Weekly Roundup comes to you in three parts. Part one Hayden Christensen is coming to his Ahsoka! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. It's Hayden season, baby. He's forty. He's thriving. Look at him. He's back. Um That young child is forty years old. He is forty I think <laughs> he's like thirty eight in that picture. Um I did
2: not realize that. We we pulled this up before the show looking for the news article you wanted to show and you know how Google like shows you like a sneak peek at like Wikipedia or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh like I think we all learned that Hayden Christensen is forty. I did not know that. Nope. And I did not know he was Canadian. So you know, little little fun facts. Universal <laughs> healthcare <laughs> makes you look good.
1: Um, it does.
2: Yeah. Same, this is a big deal, guys. This is a big deal. I yep. think, I think that Hayden Christensen is finally going to get the fan recognition going forward, that he's always deserved. Yep. True. I think so. Yep. I think so. I mean, like, we've seen it happen with Ahmed Best in the last couple of years, and Hayden has been really private. He's a private dude. He always kind of has been a private dude. Yeah. I mean, he's cool, and he makes his face at, he's shown his face at some conventions and stuff for the last couple months, but, like, he's been pretty private. I mean, it's been, yeah. like, if you see him, like, before he was in Star Wars to after he was in Star Wars, like... It kind of looks like it ruined his life, you know. I don't know. <laughs> a little bit, that.
1: <laughs> yeah. that.
2: Yeah. So you know, I hope that I hope that he feels yeah. loved and like genuinely like people yeah. care about him because all the prequel kids have grown up now, and I think we all mm-hmm. you know recognize that we did him yeah. we did him dirty. Yeah.
3: The 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 passage of time is what makes us like long for these characters that you haven't yeah. seen in forever. So if you, it's, it's like um, <clears throat> when you haven't. It, I'm gonna relate this to pro wrestling. Do if, it. Um, if you take a character, whether it be a good guy or a bad guy, and you take them off screen for years, people forget about them. So you forget mm-hmm. that they you forget that they were they were in the ring and they were doing matches or whatever and they had these feuds. But then they come back out of nowhere, which was kind of like what this uh, announcement was. Come back out of nowhere, and people are just like, "Oh my god, I remember! <laughs> I love that guy. That guy was the yeah. best." And and having it be, like, the main character, like, mm-hmm. the Darth Vader, the Anakin Skywalker, I mean, that's that's big time. And I think that's going to bring back a lot of people that, that may have left the Star Wars fandom or haven't seen yeah. it in a while or something like that. So I, I think it's such a, a huge <clears throat> surprise for everybody.
1: And now, do I wish that we could have just gotten this by him showing up in the show? I do. That's not the world we live in now. We'll never have that again. Yeah. Fine. However, mm. I, I also think it's interesting because the Ahsoka series we don't know when it's going to be set. I think if they try to go back in time and do an earlier series, that would be chaotic because most people watching it honestly probably haven't watched Clone Wars; they just watched Mandalorian. Um, yeah. mm. But I think it's possible that Hayden like will do more of a cameo. I don't think he's going to be like in Obi Wan where they're like it's Vader, like he's a main character. Mm. I think we might be getting like some Clone Wars esque. Uh, flashbacks which is I think what we all kind of really want like seeing him in the Anakin Clone Wars armor in live action would make us all yeah yeah, right just the (laughs) thought being like oh my god (laughs) like it gives me the tinglys (laughs) <laughs> so just
2: just to, just to be clear, the Kenobi show is coming before the Ahsoka show, right? Oh yeah, the Kenobi show is yeah. like
1: done filming. All, so, I yeah, it's right Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
2: all of the and he he's confirmed to be in that as well. Oh yeah, right? he's like yeah. Uh,
1: he's like on the the poster of okay. characters in, a, yeah, in yeah,
4: all, that's, all of his in all of his like convention photos recently. He's been wearing the Obi Wan stunt team hat, which has been yep. cool. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Okay, yep. I see. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. um because the the entire fan community has sort of treated this announcement as if this is the announcement of him yeah. coming back to Star Wars, which, I mean, even this Hollywood reporter is titled, you know, Returning to Star Wars with Ahsoka, but, mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's not really true, They're right? Because like, well, he's coming he hasn't to been, Kenobi first. Yeah, he
1: hasn't been seen yet in Kenobi, so I guess they can still get the clickbait <laughs> yeah. out of it for now, you know? Perhaps. Maybe <laughs> well, this oh, yeah. I am not saying they would ever... Put a misleading title in order to get click revenue. Yeah. Like, let's be clear: no one actually does that. But hypothetically, I do have to.
2: I do have to say, though, I'm a little surprised that this is Me the too. case. Like, coming back to Ahsoka, like this is this is more creative. I feel like than bringing him back to you know the Kenobi show. Um, yeah, you know, easy to do a flashback in the Kenobi show or to face off with mm-hmm. Kenobi. But like in the Ahsoka series, this is interesting. Yep. Like, I have no idea how this is going to be used as a Force ghost as a Ongoing character, like, how's this gonna play out? I don't know. We'll
1: see, but you know what that also means to me? It means that in the Kenobi series, he's probably really good. Because you know what I mean? Like, that was kind of that could have been a stunt casting by Deborah Chow. But they, when they filmed it, they're like, oh, cool, Hayden can actually act super well. Let's do another show. Because you know, I mean, you gotta test it. it. So, very excited for that.
2: What if we, what if we get a show, a live action show called Sky? Stop
1: it. That's just the Skywalker <laughs> saga. We got 9 <laughs> movies of it.
0: <laughs> oh, it do have it.
2: Uh, Live action Clone Wars except it's it's just Anakin and his in his like gritty missions with clones. Like clone commandos. It's just brutally killing people. It's violence R rated.
1: All right, Star Wars theory calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, I mean, hey, if Hayden Christian wants to build a pool, I'm sure we'll get whatever we need. <laughs> um but very excited for you hayden uh I, like hey hey hayden i know you're watching uh very stoked for you dude um and that'll be coming out again ahsoka i'm guessing is probably going to be like 2023 but i'm sure we'll find out more at our celebration next year this,
2: this article says the production starts in 2022
1: okay so. yeah then it's coming 2023
3: <clears throat> oh is there like the a like a d plus like event at the end of this year in november or november november yep. d- okay Yep, okay. there's like a
1: behind-the-scenes of Boba Fett Yay. thing where I think we might get some footage, but I'm hoping for at least a date The for announcements Andor of Kenobi. 20
2: more shows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> L3 Last the show. Time Last
2: time they did that, they announced literally everything. So yeah, was we freaked crazy. out.
1: Yeah. Uh, but another reason we freaked out this week was because we got a book teaser, uh, because as we all know, in January, we are getting the end of the Higher Republic Phase 1 with Wave 3. Remember, everyone, a single phase contains three waves. So we get the last wave of books, which will end phase one. And we got this amazing, like, two-part teaser poster. Let's throw that up right now. That Phil Noto put together, like, a classic, like, action movie saga of all the High Republic Jedi right now with Starlight Beacon just straight up in flames. Uh, And it just says, (laughs) who will survive? Like, they are leaning into his hard core which tells me one it's absolutely going to be as diabolically heartbreaking as we think but number two there's no way that starlight beacon is actually the big thing that happens which means a bigger thing will happen than that which also breaks my mind in half
2: that's a little alarming i do have to say (laughs) uh you know we kind of talked about yes we talked about like as soon as we saw this thing, we're like, yes, that thing's not going to last, right? Like, that thing's dead, <laughs> for sure. I mean, we talked about that very early on, but, like, I don't know what Mark yon is going to be up to, man, after all this, so mm-hmm. I don't know. What's the big bad going to be? What's the thing going to be? I don't know.
4: It's just, like, it's gonna worrisome, die? because <laughs> they've never marketed just straight up who's going to die. And they're already killing big characters, even when they're not marketing that way. So now that they are, like, that's their tagline. Like, what? What did it say? Who will survive when the light of the Jedi goes dark? Like, (laughs) people are just going to be going down in scores, man.
3: That's a great way to sell a few books. It is. is. Who's going down? Got to find out.
1: Because guess what, everyone. You know what's going down? The paper shortage. Pre-order your books if you want to be in on this. Uh, also, I think our, our Jacob said, either in Discord or Slack, he was going to print out this one, which I think is a really cool, especially cool poster, and just start having a red X and just go over every person. <laughs> oh, my God. That ends up dying. <laughs> this but, is
2: really cool. The only thing I wish this poster had was, like, small names of all the people on yeah. it. Yeah. That would be really cool. People have done that on Twitter and
1: stuff, uh, which is great. Okay. and and if you're only a book reader and haven't read the comics, or you're a comic reader that wants to know more about the concept art, there is art of all the Jedi in the books now. So if you want to like see what Elzar Man looks like, if you want to see what Comac Vitus looks like, like these posters, I thought were a really, really smart way to do that, um, because it's been such a visual <laughs> initiative. So if you want to see it what out.
3: Orbelin looks like,
1: <laughs> Orbelin, Team Orbelin, man. Don't touch his artifacts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't touch his artifacts. But what you can touch before oh, then, everyone, <laughs> our final bit of news is about Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, which is this thick boy next to me here. Well, uh, thank you to our friend Del Rey who showed out the physical copy of this this week. Look how th- this is like a giant oh, novel. Gosh. Um, I believe I'm not going to read the last pages to myself because I'm not done with it yet. It is 548 pages. Um, hey. You can... It's like a brick. Uh, but if you have pre-ordered this, <laughs> you need to head over to the Delray Twitter account or to Penguin Random House because there are exclusive things you can get, including a printable calendar, a map of the chaos showing all the planets, which is something we haven't seen before because it's not in the you know lesser space, as it's called in the Ascendancy books, and exclusive wallpaper, uh, which are some really cool digital goodies you can get ahead of Darn Ascendancy, uh, Lesser Evil, I almost said Chaos Rising, of Lesser Evil, and if you've been reading along with this trilogy, you know that any visual reference you can get with planet names, or characters, or literally anything is super, super helpful, so make sure you go to the Delray Twitter account, um, it's very easy to click through, you just enter in your name, your shipping and all that, um, your email address, and then you just gotta upload a picture of your pre-order receipt. So screenshot that, get your digital goodies, and get super, super psyched for Thrawn Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, which is coming out on November 16th. Again, get those pre-orders in. There is a paper shortage, so it will be very hard to get a second printing of the book uh, if you don't pre-order it initially. So get those in. Also, while you're there, uh, go to utne.com release calendar, pre-order Thrawn, pre-order The High Republic Fallen Star, which comes out January 4th, to make sure that all these beautiful, beautiful books look great on your shelf.
3: And that special pre-order link is in the description below. Wes, guys.
1: you're a godsend. Thanks you're incredible. That. I say that to you a lot, but not nearly enough. Um, now, because of my... Uh, oh, thank you, Jacob, in the chat. That is a United States-only promo. I'm sorry to our international listeners. International shipping has been... Uh, <clears throat> it's a, Leave it to the lawyer. Are telling me
4: that Hayden Christensen <laughs> couldn't get this offer
1: he's Canadian. No. no.
4: Oh, my. Sorry, buddy. Absolutely not.
1: Um, maybe do some work for your life. But anyway, check that out. Go in the description. Check out the doobly-doo where Wes has put that very helpfully. Uh, now, we're because <laughs> of my, my emotional breakdown at the beginning <laughs> and my swag bundle, we've already gone a bit long. So what we're going to do, no book reviews this week. We'll come back to those next week. But please do look up your book on utini.com. Go to the complete book details and scroll to the bottom of whatever book you've just recently read. Leave a star rating. Leave a little blurb about what you liked about the book or what other people might find helpful. We still need some for Ronin because I know some people have been finishing it. I want to hear your thoughts before we get to our roundtable. Uh, so check that out. Again, onyoutini.com. Just do a search. Leave that for us for next week. So it is the end of Halloween, everyone. No, it's not the end of October. It's the beginning of the Halloween season. See, I, I'm like Target right now. I'm like, Halloween's almost <laughs> over. It's Christmas. Uh, so everyone, we decided... Uh, Last year, we did a Halloween episode, and I almost did another one in the outlines before Charles told me we literally did that last year, Eric. It's the same exact show. Don't repeat yourself. You're unoriginal. Just because you're 30 doesn't mean you can get away with this. Um, It was a very harsh message. Can't confirm. Uh, But I listened to Charles because I realized, you know what? There are other holidays being celebrated around this time other than Halloween, including the very prominent Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead. It is celebrated on November 1st and 2nd. Uh, originally in Mexico, and it is essentially a holiday of celebration of those who have passed on. Uh, it became very prominent in like the Western white people culture when Coco came out the, the other year. Um, and it's been just huge in Mexico and other surrounding areas. And it has a bunch of beautiful traditions associated with it. Um, it, it is a time to celebrate those who are deceased, of family members and friends that love them and share stories and pictures and build home altars, called a friend does, with like food and beverages and all these kind of things, and I was like, you know what, we talk so much about legacy here on the Living force here at Utini. what better time to talk about legacies than around a holiday that's literally all about that, which was further reinforced when I was at Disneyland, and I saw a a a woman with a shirt that had Padme or the Queen Amidala in like a skull makeup for Dia de los Muertos. And it said, remember me under it from Coco. It was absolutely beautiful. And when I pitched this, Charles, you said that you are kind of also really interacting with Dia de los Muertos at work of all places.
4: Yeah. So we recently had a day in, in my department where everyone got to talk about holidays that were meaningful to them. And we were trying to kind of work those into our celebrations kind of throughout the rest of the year and dia de los Muertos came up so we actually are going to have a up in all of our clinics and we can you know all kind of celebrate bringing in food bringing in pictures of loved ones to put on these altars and uh i'm pretty excited about it actually
1: that's awesome uh i think it's just such a great a great thing to do overall because i feel like especially in my life at least and in a lot of like culture that i grew up in death is always such a a horrible sad thing which of course it is you know we Mm -hmm. miss the people as they as they move on but even if you're not religious the idea of celebrating someone's life after death is such an exciting wonderful thing and i think a thing that we do see in star wars weirdly all the time like no one's ever really gone it's literally in in the movie right
4: they threw a mad Um, party when vader died (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, they did.
0: <laughs> 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 did you
1: guys, Not wrong. Did you guys hear that? Uh, I, I just heard this the other week, speaking of that, that the, um, what, the, the, the Vader bonfire scene was added, like, f- months before the movie came out. Did you guys know this?
2: Mm, I never um, heard that. Yeah,
1: so apparently, when the movie was, like, done, Return of the Jedi, the last time we saw Vader was when um, he was on the Death Star talking to Luke. And then the Death Star just blew up and Luke left and and George Lucas was like "Huh, I wonder we, uh, we don't know what happened to Vader, like I don't know. <laughs> like he was a little unsure about it. So, I think a couple of months before the film was released, they brought Hamill back and shot the bonfire scene so we could actually see his body burning to be like the funeral pyre got added late. Wow. Uh which is so yeah. great because of like, you know, and now the alphabet squadron tie into that scene is now yeah. a thing. The whole yeah. cu- the whole helmet being destroyed in the Force Awakens is like oh like that decision just split it out into so much lore. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but what I love more is the return of one of my favorite segments, guys. It's Eric's stupid game. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, um, it's been a hot minute.
2: Oh, sorry, I was delayed. I was delayed. all right. I,
1: I saw it about to happen. That's all I wanted. Yep. Uh so tonight we are gonna play a game in honor of Dia de los Muertos. We are going to honor the legacies Of some of our favorite characters that have passed on. Now, this should be spoiler light. If you've seen the movies, we're going to try to stick to just movie characters. If we start getting on a roll and we want to go through some book deaths, we will tell you ahead of time, Wes. So that some of us. I'm not doing any book deaths. I'm doing only (laughs) movies. Wes. (laughs) How dare you! But as you see in all the movies, uh, you will know these deaths, and we are essentially going to be the people in universe uh, that are taking the pictures to the ofrendas and remembering those that have passed on. So, gentlemen, let's start out with the easiest one of all. This is this is the softball, if you will. So, Wes, you'll love this one. Um, you play softball. I play softball. This I thought is... it was because he was soft. <laughs> oh no! Go 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 go! <laughs> uh, Luke Skywalker Luke Skywalker uh, famously died becomes one with the force in episode 8 so we'll, we'll do uh, a distinct order for this just guys gut reaction if you're putting a picture of Luke Skywalker on the altar what is your immediate thought of the legacy of Luke Skywalker
4: mm. oh my gosh I think my immediate thought my picture that I'd want to be up there would be him oh, yeah. staring yeah, yeah. at the twin sons first of all. And, oh, and probably yeah. my, my thought is that Luke's legacy is what an impact you can have if you kind of just put yourself out there, right? Like he was a, a, a nobody from nowhere. He wanted to get out into the universe and look at the actual impact that he had that gave us the Skywalker saga.
3: Right. Ooh the man yeah. that brought back the jedi if you will yeah i mean yeah. It, it would have been would have had nothing in, until uh, after return of the jedi cuz mm-hmm. um leia was he had well he had trained leia mm-hmm. him and leia had trained but if he decided to g- say hey this is it i mean there's no reason to have jedi anymore cuz the, the sith and the empire are done so mm-hmm. Let's go to, let's go to Florida and then live the rest of our lives. <laughs> like Florida, yeah, am going to in Disneyland. Disneyland. Luke, the, Luke the Floridian. Yeah, but yeah, I would say the 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 person who brought back the Jedi, who um, yeah, were tempted to bring back the the Jedi.
1: That's really good. I like the. Uh, those are both great. So I would also say maybe he's the legacy of redefining the Skywalker name because I think that he is a person that says, no matter what your family, your blood family has done, you can always, and this will probably come up. Uh, I actually will come up later maybe, but no matter what your blood family has done, you can always write the ship. You can go back on course. And I think Luke is the, is this symbol of, you know, your destiny is not what your parents say it was. It's not what even the, the mystical force says it was. It's you are the master of your own destiny, and you can always bring back others. Redemption is never lost, um, and no one's ever really gone, both in the physical and the spiritual sense. And I think Luke is the epitome of never giving up on anyone, yeah. <clears throat> despite the fact that he had to take some years to figure that out for himself. I don't think he ever gave up on a single person, especially his own family.
2: Yeah, I think that's what's so beautiful about his character in the films and his character arc is like he was flawed, like really mm-hmm. flawed as a as a person. And you know, like I am I am one of the people that have always been in that camp of the way that they they portrayed Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy was phenomenal. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it. And this is coming from someone who had read the majority of the legends books that Mm -hmm. like after return of the Jedi that he had took part in. I mean, you can listen to my, uh, I was, when I was on star Wars archives, if you guys haven't listened to that yet, like I get to, I get to sort of show off my legends knowledge on that (laughs) show a little bit. Um, because me and Trevor went back and forth a whole lot about some of the legacy books and stuff. And, you know, I've always been in the camp of Luke Skywalker is, like, I love that they made him not this just godlike person, right? And that was something that he had to run from. I love that about him, that he ran from that that storyline of him just being this legend, right? So, I mean, his 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 legacy to me will always be that he sort of highlights the humanism of the Jedi, right? He highlights, yeah. like, that it's okay to be you know, a person with flaws and doubts and self-doubt, man. If there's nothing Ugh, else that Luke Skywalker real. just totally had that really just makes him a really a really profound character, just a level of self-doubt that throughout his life, he had to have masters remind him that he was worthy. And, mm-hmm. like, I I think that's what made his death so utterly meaningful for me. Yeah. And I think impacted me much more than any other death on this list, I think, yeah. is Luke Skywalker's... his. His was the one of the original three that we got in the sequel trilogy that just really hit me.
1: Yeah. There there was a there was a meme that I saw before Last Jedi came out and it was like, you know, when people saw the the red letters Star Wars and then Last Jedi was in the middle and people would just superimpose their own words in the same font between Star and Wars And one said, Star Wars, I swear to God, if I have to see Luke Skywalker die with my own two eyes. And it was like, (laughs) but I I agree. It was so beautiful. And I think it's also a great reminder that the legacy of Luke is that if you're the person that never gives up on others and is always, you know, fighting for others, make sure you take that time to check in on yourself, to believe in yourself as well. Because I think Luke was so selfless for so long that he kind of felt the burdens of others, of the entire Jedi Order, of the entire Skywalker line. And needed a break, yeah. so be like Luke, take a break. Love that,
2: <laughs> Charles. Uh, Charles, that was for you. Charles,
1: that was for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, speaking of someone who maybe needs to, who maybe took too many breaks, it can be said. Uh, let's talk about the legacy of Han Solo.
2: Very good, very uh, good. Hey, thank Mas. you. <laughs>
1: Where's my, my boyfriend? boyfriend.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, finally, like, I have to interrupt. Interrupt with a with the fun story about that that quote really fast. So, my neighbor, there's this there's this kind of crazy lady that lives across the street from us. I <laughs> hope she's yeah. listen to this podcast. But that would be even more weird. Uh, this crazy lady lives across the street from us. She has another little small dog. You know, I have two small dogs, Ray and Kylo, and the, the neighbor has another small dog. His name is Tramp. And he like comes to visit all the time, and is and it's a it's a boy dog. So Caitlin and I always joke that it's Ray's boyfriend. And so every time, every time that we see that dog, both of us are just like, "Where's my boyfriend?" Every single time, and that's like that that, it wookie. doesn't make any sense. But I like that Wookie. I like that Wookie. Little tramp comes over. Then he runs back over to the crazy lady's house. It's
1: fantastic. <laughs> All right, Just no folks. Attack of the Clones is this week, but only what one, two, three, four, five more Patreon <clears> goals till you get Force Awakens. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we we we're at a uh, Han Solo's past. We're at the altar. We're putting up the picture. I, I love what you said, Charles. What picture are you putting up? What version of Han are we thinking? And what's the legacy of Han Solo? Because I think would vary.
2: I think I think my yeah. favorite version of Han, if I had to pick a a peak Han Solo, yeah. I think peak Han Solo is is the end of Empire, continuing into Return of the Jedi. I think that is in peak Carbonite. Han Solo for me. Yeah, in Carbonite, yes, that time he's asleep is the best part because uh, he is. is- <laughs> uh, yes, he has embraced. <laughs> Clip God, it!
1: Let's clip me. it! <laughs> he, has, he
2: has embraced the fact that he can be a hero at that point, yeah. right? Like, he's not running from his past like he is a little bit in the sequel trilogy, right? He's mm-hmm. just this... He's embraced it. He's a good guy now, right? He's not a scoundrel. He's mm-hmm. a good guy. And I think that's, like, the legacy that he leaves, is he tries to be this tough, macho dude, but mm-hmm. that's just not who he is.
1: I like that. Uh, yeah, I think my... My Han is – oh, I think my, my, my Han I think about is actually – that one's really fucking phenomenal, the Empire <clears throat> one. Also, the New Hope, End of New Hope Han is is a high one because I think the he's the guy that always comes back. I think that mm-hmm. Han talks a big game, but his legacy is that no matter how hot to trot you are, you always come back for those that you love. And I think that is what ended up kind of doing him in at the end because he came back for Ben. And at that point – Ben wasn't quite ready for it, but he came back for his son. He came back for Leia. He comes back for Luke at the be- at, you know, the first time we see him. And I think that that is kind of the most constant personality trait. of a guy who is always running away, he is also the man who always comes back when you need him. And I think all of us have, have had that friend at one point or another that, like, oh, he won't answer texts or they won't hang up. But at 3 in the morning... Who you calling when you need some help? And they're always going to be there. That's Han Solo. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: got a flat tire. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, Eric, you probably stole the best one. but um, Yes! Points! Why, why not a picture of Han with his feet up on the cantina table? Oh and man! Yeah, and a blaster bolt coming out of his gun first. Woo! Yep, <laughs> just I shot first. Just of a warm in here. Solidify the fact that he shot first. That would be that would be a great just addition to the wall that already is mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. both Charles and, or and uh, Eric and and uh, Corey had already laid out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but-
4: I I to round this out, I have to choose a picture of han from solo star wars story i feel like maybe like when he's kind of realizing who he is when he when he uh confronts lando at the end at the second card game i not i feel like that would be a good one and han is like so I, i'm going last year because i was genuinely racking my brain like how do you describe han solo because i do think he's one of the harder people to kind of nail down within star yeah. wars and I I I love what you guys all said. I think that Han is a good example of as rough and tumble as the galaxy makes it in Star Wars or the world makes it for us to to really stay true to kind of those central tenets that we all have. And it's similar to what you said, Eric, where he just he really does love people deep down. He puts on a show and there's bluster and there's this and that, but at the end of the day, like he loves people. He he wants to stay behind and get Kira back. You know, like yeah. he puts himself in danger 10 times over throughout the original trilogy to yeah. go back for the people that he loves. And exactly what you said as well, Eric, with going back for Ben Solo. And that's really what, what did him in. He has two of the. Uh, if we could play like an audio clip on the Ofrenda, oh, if we sure. could put like something on a loop, Hey Kid, or, uh, oh or Chewie, we're I home. Gonna- I mean.
2: I was gonna bring that up yeah, to you, man. The "Hey, kid" line. Hey kid. I don't think. I don't think any any, wow. any line in all Ooh. of Star Wars. I know, dude. I'm I didn't you, expect it to hit me right there. <laughs> God, it hits you in the gut every single time I I hear it. It Ooh. hits me in the gut, and I like immediately felt felt that way in the theater the first yeah. time I saw it. And it's still that way every time, and it's there, like, there's like
4: this still moment of love. There's like this moment of. Almost too long silence, and even the first time, I'm convinced, <laughs> even the first time I was sitting there watching that movie, I, I knew what I was about to hear. Not like, hey, yeah. kid, but like I, I yeah. could feel it, and, and he says, hey, kid, and I just lost it.
1: Ugh. All right, I, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to add one more picture to the friend. Uh, Han, gets yeah. a big one. His, 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 long life, right? Uh, it's the picture of Alden Aaron Ray Khan looking out at hyperspace for the first time. And just the wonder of his face as he's flying, and I think because that's another thing—he was just always born to fly. Mm. I think that yeah. that pure mm. wonder, which is also why I think uh, Alden was a perfect choice for that character as an actor. Like he portrayed that sense of joy in one of the most uh, you know stubborn, cr- you know, cranky old characters. Um, yeah. He used to have that joy, so uh, you know. What? Let's let's do the lateral shift. Let's go right to Leia Organa uh jedi general princess rebellion leader uh my gosh what do you put on leia's afrenda cuz cuz what do you do like
3: yeah she has so many good moments yeah i, I think know.
2: the Le- i think the leia i most remember is the is the sequel trilogy leia i think i think she you know specifically the way she looked to me the first thing that comes to mind is the the end of the last jedi right mm-hmm. where she is Sort of at the end of her leadership era, mm-hmm. right? I mean, she is sort of passing on the torch in that film. I mean, she's like, you know, she's that famous thing where she's like, like, why are you looking at me? Follow, Follow him. him, you know? And, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, she sort of wa- leaves behind, you know, her legacy there, right? And she's she's finally done after all that. And Leia is just like hope. Is her is her like word, yeah. If we were to write a text yep. on it, it's it's hope, it's what she says in Rogue One, which is also one of the greatest cameos in all of Star Wars. Absolutely, uh, it's it's that's just what she represents more than anything. In fact, I think that that is that that is specifically referred to in the movies at some point about, about Leia representing hope,
1: specifically. Yeah. What have they given us? And she just says, Hope. I mean, she yeah, yeah. she says, yeah. But then, yeah, it is, it is, it is a thing that follows her, it is thing she represents regardless of where she is in her in her career and her journey like she has hope the rebellion will live on she has hope that Ben will come back like bring our son home like she never yeah. gives up on him she never gives up on Luke she never gives up on Ray like I, she is if if you need to have anything in your life go better if you're like this will never I'll never get out of this I'll never get this talk to Leho Organa for seven seconds and yeah. you would be like I can conquer the world
4: yeah I I think for her, if I was going to choose one picture, it would actually. This might sound funny at first, but it would actually be her meeting Wicket, um, mm. like offering him like the little ration bar or something, oh, it, yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And the reason I say that is, I feel like it's, it's a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's so fitting for Leia's character that. Keep in mind, none of their efforts. None of the rebellion's efforts would have been successful with the second death star if things hadn't gone perfectly on endor. If they hadn't destroyed, you know, the shield generators and if the ewoks hadn't helped them, and it was that moment that actually solidified that relationship. So we saw right. leia heavily contribute to the downfall of an empire mm-hmm. by a simple act of kindness, right? And I think that yeah. just so perfectly fits who she was and what she stood for that that's the image I would choose yeah strength yep.
1: without brutality um i think it was and and maggie in the chat puts a, a great point uh that we were trying to find earlier when they say the galaxy has lost its hope is mentioned when no one answers leia at the end of the last yep. jedi so they have <clears throat> they have lost the hope which is literally embodied by leia thanks maggie mm-hmm. great point yeah
2: I I also love how much of kind of a low key badass that Princess Leia is, Heck right? Yeah, is. Like, For real? I mean, she has she has some of the best lines I think in all of the original yeah. trilogy, right? Into the garbage root flyboy. I know. <laughs> my I th- I think my favorite line of all of Leia's lines is when she like lets the facade of her being the princess of Alderaan just drop. And it's when Vader brings her before Tarkin mm-hmm. on the ship, and she goes, "Governor Tarkin, I thought I smelled your foul stench when I was brought on board." <laughs> yeah. And I'm just
1: like, Incredible. "Damn, <laughs> damn!" Like, "Hey, you stink!"
3: Stank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid of you, and I'm not afraid of what you can do to me. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, that's that's yeah. a great choice. I my my picture I, I want to put up, and I want to hear is yours, Wes. I uh, I'm gonna put up the picture of her running the uh, the briefing meeting in Empire on Hoth. When she's like, it's all going badly, listen up. I'm like 19, and you are going <laughs> to listen to me because I'm in charge, and every single one of them is silent and at attention. Because mm-hmm. Leia, regardless of what arena she was in, commanded respect and knew what she was doing for throughout her entire life. Like She was a general from the yeah. time she was born, essentially. She's a leader, for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's a yeah. leader. She's a leader among leaders. I think she's probably the best pure leader in, in the saga uh, mm-hmm. pretty easily and I yeah. think someone that led sure. without being brutal while still having strength and while also <laughs> having love and compassion the whole time, she kind of, I think, was the mold for what leaders should be.
2: Yeah. I would like to say that my my I have the same Myers-Briggs that Princess Leda has been assigned. How do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that about the Myers-Briggs picture. I love looking at the Star Wars characters, and Caitlin did that for us when we did the Enneagrams right. last year. At the, right. on the I team got I who <laughs> is that, is that, you know no, what? Like, I don't remember that, <laughs> it. I was gonna say, yeah, because you eat, cause you eat with your feet. I don't know. Like, what? Do you <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: what? My, my favorite picture would be her just bending over on um in front of R two, powering it on because that is the first oh, time yeah. that Luke sees her. That's the first time. or oh, whenever uh, R two <laughs> throws her up on the as the um the, the, hologram? the holographic, yeah, as mm-hmm. a uh, on. What is that? that was, uh,
1: and Last Jedi, Last Jedi, yeah, yeah, Arin exactly. October. <laughs> that was a yeah, cheap it's a move. Great moment. I love that. But I, I love mean, that. all the ones yeah. is
3: is her first canonical appearance when uh, she's a baby on Revenge of the Sith. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. That's when you know.
1: Hey, you know what? Let's let's stick with Revenge of the Sith then. Let's uh, let's go one generation earlier. Let's get the friend of Padme Amidala. Let's. Uh, I mean, we get the, we get the literal funeral of Padme. Uh, which is not something you get a lot in Star Wars. Cause people kind of die, and too bad it's war. You got to keep going. So we do get a little. We only bit.
2: us see. Let's let's talk about funerals really fast. We get we Admin's. get Padme's, We get Qui
1: Gon's. Invaders. Invaders. Is that all? Um, I think that's it. In the books, you get Hans. In uh, that's true. And it that's is true. if you want to. I think that's in the Last Jedi novelization.
2: I think it is. Too. Uh, sure highly is.
1: recommend that, that very, if you want f- to be real sad. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, for sure. But now it's not. los Muertos Mortos. We get Padme. We built a Regina friend though with the entire galaxy coming in for sure. You know,
2: Padme has a lot of a lot of characteristics. That I think Leia has, right? You know, like yeah. like mother, like daughter. I suppose. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, They're passed on. She's also she's also a leader. But other words that sort of come to mind are like justice mm-hmm. and. No, but I think I think something that Padme to me represents more than anything else was love and unconditional love, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, like her her and Anakin discussing what the Jedi are allowed mm-hmm. to do and allowed to love. That always stands out to me in in Attack of the Clones. and like, you know, she was by Anakin's side and tried to support him through all the mm. you know the the demons that he was facing. But you know, they unfortunately you know won the battle, I suppose, right? So, but yeah, but uh, but Padme is is that sort of rock foundation that anakin had and you yeah. know i I've, i see her uh, like i think the padme picture that i would choose would be like the the private padme right like yeah. i think well, it was it's the same picture that we pictured her like when we talk somebody a patron asked us a while back who the favorite hairstyle or whatever that oh padme yeah the, the
1: curly hair the, that? in the robe yeah
2: yeah when she's in the night robe thing yep. the blue night robe thing yep. when when her and anakin are having those private moments that's that's the like Like the real Padme that I sort of envision, I guess, is the sort of fully dedicated to Anakin Padme. Mm -hmm. Like, and, but also being that like quiet leader that, you know, was like a point of justice for so many people in the galaxy.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I completely agree because I think that Padme's leadership style was so interesting because it was all based in love, because it was love of every single person on every single planet because her biggest thing was trying to get rid of slavery in the galaxy, right? That's her yeah. whole career, especially in the the Queen's trilogy which is ending now next year. Like she's all about justice for those she doesn't even know. <clears throat> and I think that was yeah. like it, it, not that Leia didn't care, but Leia is is because of her her time period is fighting for like her squad and for her friends and for her family and for like her rebellion whereas padme is like how can i make the galaxy at large better and i think that padme's complete unwillingness to play games to sacrifice her ideals um Mm -hmm. is really huge and i think i i would probably Mm -hmm. give like a a picture of her giving a speech in the senate while a bunch of people are booing her is a great one to be like nope Mm I'm younger than all of you. I'm gonna stand up here. I'm dressed to the nines. I am <laughs> talking. I, I like I look great. I sound great. I'm right. And I'm not gonna back down and pretend that I'm wrong just to assuage you. And I think that yeah. that kind of <laughs> power, because she knows that no one else is gonna speak up for the people that are that really need to be heard. And I think that continuous, you know, belief and, and it leads to the Jedi too, of like you know why should we should probably talk about our love now and then? Like maybe she should have told Obi Wan, and I think the only time she didn't tell people what she thought was that, which ended up not going super well in the end. So <laughs> I think her uh, her strength and her ideals was kind of her legacy.
3: Yeah, I, one of the one of the iconic moments that um, really stuck with me was when she gave up her disguise as one of the handmaidens and said, "No, I am." Padme oh, Amidala in front of boss Nass yes. trying to because she know, she knew she needed help mm-hmm. and um, in order to do that, she had to sacrifice um, like coming out to everybody like this, yeah. actually I am the one I her am Padme Amidala. yeah, absolutely, so I think um, yeah, like sacrificing it all in that in that one instance there in front with the gun guns in front of boss Nass and everybody was uh, kind of that was a, left a lasting legacy just with her alone.
1: I love that moment. Read the uh, Phantom Menace novelization if you want a, a little more of that. Cause it wasn't that a spoiler, that, that, that was is is in the movie. Intense. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Wes, come on. Yeah,
4: I, I actually, that mm-hmm. was a moment that mm-hmm. I was thinking of too, Wes. I think it's so perfect because Padme is a leader. Like, through and through, she's a leader. And mm-hmm. even in the moments where she's kind of supposed to be fading into the back, she can't help but naturally come to the forefront and uh and so if i had to choose another picture that we haven't said i choose when she when she hands the thing that i should probably know the name of it that the like orb of light uh to boss nass during the festival
1: (laughs) peace orb, yeah
4: whatever that thing is um (laughs) we just lost some some cred some street cred sorry y'all but uh (laughs) What are the, what are those stupid things that
2: used to be at Spencer's? You could touch and make your hair stand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: What are those things called? I
4: don't remember. Those That's either. how Corey spent every weekend. What <laughs> yeah.
3: are those stupid it is. things? That's
1: what yes. it is. you know what I'm talking about it's Spencer's ball. Yeah, Padme Spencer ball.
4: Yes, I would yeah. choose. I would choose that moment for all that. the reasons that y'all have have already said.
1: Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> all right, let's go on. Let's each do one more. Let's do so we 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 do. Uh, listeners and viewers we have a list we do have show notes uh, as much as it may seem that we do not sometimes uh, let's girl let's each pitch uh, one more or it could be anyone else that has died frankly that you think deserves an afrenda at our Dia de los Muertos celebration uh, does anyone have one off the top that you're just like yes for sure instantly oh yeah Charles Doug go <laughs> who, for it
4: who do you think I'm going to choose <laughs> Um, uh, Mace Windu Ben No I'm not choosing Mace Windu because he's alive, he can't have a spot head. on the offender. I'm choosing, <laughs> I'm choosing Obi Wan Kenobi. The surprise is Absolutely. nobody. But I just, I want to talk about him because I always so want I'm to talk about here. him. I'm tired of hearing you talk about him. Well, <laughs> in. Strap in.
1: I,
2: I think we in. I think we should ban that. i would not tired of it. I like it. <laughs>
4: I'll <laughs> vote it. All in. right, fine. We can, never Kidding, talk about, obviously. we can never talk about Kenobi again. Uh, when the show comes out, don't come here for your coverage. I call for a vote of no confidence in Corey Helton. speaking of Padme um, no I want to talk about Obi-Wan for a minute because uh, I I think even as much as we talk about him he's underappreciated and if I had to choose a moment for Obi-Wan even though Ian McGregor is my favorite of those who Mm -hmm. played Obi-Wan Kenobi I would choose the moment where Obi-Wan deactivates his lightsaber and is it, and standing there, waiting for Vader to strike him down. I would choose that moment, and and the legacy I think that is so powerful with Obi Wan that I, I I feel like really resonates with me, and maybe is honestly a big portion of why I love this character so much is that you're not defined by the mistakes that you've made, even if they are, even if they have incredible ramifications right like his failures more or less created vader Mm -hmm. and allowed the empire to come about and and commit innumerable atrocities across the galaxy and yet when it came to that last moment he knew essentially what he needed to do to arguably make up for his mistakes in the past to not let those bog him down and he set luke off on a journey that corrected everything and then some. And I just think that's so powerful and he didn't do it with he didn't do it by defeating someone, right? As like the old wise right. warrior. Like he did it by actually deactivating his lightsaber. Yeah. I think it's yeah. incredible.
1: Yeah, and, and it's funny, you know, I I do think if you be. asked Obi-Wan like 9 100 times out of a 100 like if you knew that Anakin would survive Mustafar, and become Darth Vader, would you have gone and, like, you know, cut his head off? I think like, no. I, I think he never would have because I think that Obi-Wan is like... Specifically that. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that, no, you have to. You have
4: to I, I already did everything. I already game, cut bro. off everything else. <laughs> yeah. I
1: can't do any more. That, that's a great one, Charles. Oh, that's a great one. Um, God, the legacy of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, uh, the Immaculate Teacher, I think, for me is Obi-Wan. I think that no matter who we talk to... He taught everyone, including himself. I think that he always had lessons to teach, but also was forever willing to learn, which I think made him maybe the best teacher, if not the second best teacher to Yoda in all of the Jedi. And I think my picture would be of him and Anakin in the elevator in Attack of the Clones when he just giggles <laughs> yes. at him. I mm-hmm. think that's, that's the moment I put on the A Friend of, like, remember this guy who, even though he was a mentor, he always found times for laughing he always found the moments to enjoy the company of those he was with because every every teaching moment is also important because you're showing someone you love them by imparting knowledge and that would be how I'd probably remember Obi-Wan from teaching Anakin from teaching Luke from teaching every Jedi he ever met and like even in the Clone Wars I mean every line he gave was always a little bit of, a little lesson a little lesson from Master Obi-Wan and I think those are the things that he gets remembered for, after he's gone.
3: <clears throat> I mean, one that's kind of—it's not in the movies, but it's in—it's uh, in the Clone Wars. Was when um, he's on Tatooine and he watches Luke run when he's like a little kid. Oh, and that's a Rebels scene? and he, Rebels, Rebels. Luke. Sorry, okay, yeah.
2: Luke. Dude, that <laughs> that, was, that, was that was is that
3: is the man. best episode of
2: Rebels. That yeah, yeah. is in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. So good. So good. Yep. You know, I can actually take a character, um kind of shifting gears a little bit of uh of similar vein as Darth Maul. Uh yeah. even though he's a villain, he's one of the only villains on this list. He's still dead. Um he is, he is still <laughs> dead and does have a bit of a legacy and I think I think um I think Darth Maul is one of these characters that's like was continually wronged throughout his entire life and was shaped by all those experiences right you know you know I just finished um rereading Plagueis again and you know I don't know if you guys remember that but Darth Maul is heavily featured in the Plagueis novel um and uh you know I consider that story you know it's it's probably very similar to what I would imagine Darth Maul's canon story would be anyway in the way that Palpatine always kept him sort of at a distance of the grand plan, but also filled his filled his head with grand ideas of the Sith, but never truly like bestowed upon him, you know, the Sith title and the heritage and all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, we saw how that shaped him because like he feared. Palpatine until the very end we saw that in Clone Wars when they face each other and he always felt so utterly betrayed by everybody in his life and we saw that in the Rebels TV show is like what would what would his life had looked like if he was not shaped like that right like what sort of life would he have lived And so I think there is something to be said about about that legacy of you know it's sort of that the sort of unconditional love towards anybody, right? Is like even though he was evil, that committed such atrocities, like you know maybe there's something to be learned there. Is there's still something yeah. that shapes all, your experiences shape you? All your experiences shape you.
1: Yeah, I think if I'm honoring Maul, if I'm that if I'm that person in this exercise, right, that is bringing a picture to Maul's altar. It's small altar. Um, We can admit that. <laughs> I I do think it might be, it might be a picture of him. I don't think it's we see it in canon, but like before he was taken off Dathomir, I think it might be like, Mm. never forget that every cruel person was once a child of innocence, and I think that Mm -hmm. the legacy of Maul is that any amount of cruelty can take the most innocent soul and Mm. corrupt it, and I think that if you are doing, if you are inflicting pain, if you are inflicting your own desires upon another person, another being. You can absolutely destroy them, and it and it yeah. may not be their fault. And if they do horrible things, you know they have to take ownership. But there's always something that if you are casually cruel, you need to know mm-hmm. the ramifications of
0: that mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. forward.
2: I, I I think I have it. I think it. I think Maul's Maul's legacy is that vengeance doesn't pay off. That is Maul's legacy Day because that is what we see. That's what we see at the very end. At, at his very end. When Obi-Wan finally, you know, does him in, like, mm-hmm. spoilers in Rebels, right, in that same episode of Rebels... Um, he like his last words or something along the lines of is he the chosen one? Talking yep. about Luke or whatever, yep. right? Is he yep. is he the chosen one? Is it true what they say about him yeah. or whatever that line is? He will Obi-Wan avenge. Everyone says us. yes. Yeah, he says he will avenge us, and then he dies. Oh. And it's like, for what? For what? Yep. What was the purpose of your life? Like it was for nothing, right? I mean, you yep. always wanted that vengeance that he never got against Obi Wan. Even when he tried, he never he never felt fulfilled even when he killed obi-wan's love in front of him right in the clone wars he still was not fulfilled because we still see him chasing that later on in rebels so and
1: he has this like close relationship with ezra that like he he kind of keys into a little bit of that master of like the little bit of like what it could be if you were just connected with another human and if he would have let go of that spirit of vengeance and power who knows if you know if he could have actually been a mentor and could have actually shared this connection with someone like ezra and they yeah. really
3: they really fleshed out that story of Darth Maul better than they did in the movies. Oh They'd my reverence. god, yes. Oh yeah. I mean they they gave us all those background Wonderful. details and kind of um extended the story that we never we never knew. We just thought Darth Maul was this badass that did spinny flips yeah. and then yeah. could, do which he definitely did, double definitely lightsaber. Did that. <laughs> 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 that led the led both Jedi into that into that area yeah. by himself yeah, a, He was a double cheeseburger
4: <laughs> oh of lightsabers. Okay,
1: yes. that's right.
2: Yeah, he's a complex character, and I think yeah. I yeah. think it's the show has certainly certainly made that.
1: All right, Wes. All right,
3: who are you putting up on the affront? One, and I'll run one us more, there. Wes. I'll, oh, yeah. okay. I'll I'll jump on that I'll jump on that Sith bandwagon. Oh cool! Um, then I got one more. What it's about Sith. what about Count Dooku? Hmm. Um, Ooh! I, I bring this up I bring this up more as a question to y'all because um, I'm kind of confused at it. But um, so Count Dooku is, mm-hmm. was once a Jedi, fell to the dark side, um, but he was the leader of the Separatists. But he was still in you know, like he was still the the apprentice of of Palpatine, right? Um, but in the end, we we kinda come to a conclusion that the Separatists were on the right side of the war because I mean in a in a sense because the republic turns out to be the Empire. Right. So uh-huh. what was I mean, like what was Count Dooku's ultimate goal as being a separatist but also <clears throat> be the apprentice of Palpatine? And Yoda. You no, know, I mean, yeah. So, the dude was like, the apprentice of two pretty A- A- freaking powerful <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. first true. users. That's yeah. true.
2: That's true. In
1: in uh, in in the
2: Plagueis book, which I know is not canon, but like I said, I consider most of that. None of that has been overwritten by canon no. at all. So until, no, no, until no. it is, oh. it's to me the story okay. because it's it's freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, in in Plagueis, like like Duku. He leaves the Jedi order well before he becomes a Sith, right? So yeah, he was right. like right, 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 right. Which, yeah. which is I didn't I don't think I really realized that yeah. I guess until I re listened to Plagueis recently which is like also he's Jedi Lost.
1: Yeah, Dooku and Jedi lost, they do the same thing. He that's leaves That's right. That's yeah. yeah. ideals first.
2: Yes, it is ideals first and so that's like that's what he was chasing. Was that he was truly disenfranchised with the Republic, and he was right, you know. Dooku was right. i right. <laughs> that's Dooku the next rest? shirt. Exactly. That's the next shirt, Jose.
3: Dooku was yeah. right. Dooku
1: was
2: exactly. Right. Dooku was right. <laughs>
3: so yeah, that's oh. the, that's his lasting legacy. He was right, and everybody everybody <clears throat> shit on him, back lack of a better term. Maybe it's <laughs> like
1: maybe his legacy is that. The best intentions can be, muddle, can be muddled by the vicious extremes. Because I think that if Dooku had actually used his intelligence and and stayed just clouded neutral... Clouded by the dark side. Ex- could, there it is. The best intentions <laughs> can be clouded by the dark side. Is that, you know what? He was a great student. And he asked a lot of mm-hmm. great questions that probably would have helped the Jedi. He probably would have been an amazing High Republic Jedi. <laughs> like He yeah. and Elzar Man yeah. would have been bros. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, if you... If you allow a little bit of darkness to cloud yourself in, and you sacrifice a little bit of yourself here, like when he when he uh, taps into the Terataka in Dooku Jedi Lost, like <laughs> when you let a little bit in to get what you want, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, like Dooku is the frog that's in the water that's slowly being boiled, and by the yeah. time he knew it was too hot, he was already shooting
3: Force lightning. And Except too bad, you in a, a
2: pot, it's Force lightning. <laughs> that's
3: exactly it. Uh, One of the yeah. best duelists of all the Jedi, even, yeah. even with arthritis. Even with arthritis <laughs> yeah. in his hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, so,
1: yeah, I love that being Dukes' legacy that, you know, you can have the best intentions, but if you lose yourself along the way, it doesn't matter.
4: It's great, yeah.
1: Charles, what do you think about our our, our Christopher Lee man?
4: No, I mean, I think you put it perfectly. The, the phrase, at least here in the Carolinas, is the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Right. Yeah. And so, you yeah. think you think you're doing the right thing, but you can still kind of end up in the wrong place, if that makes sense. And and that was exactly uh-huh. Dooku's case.
1: Totally. All right. I'm going to end us on one that a lot of people have talked about. Um, It's not the most cliche one, I don't think, but it's definitely a, a large topic conversation. Let's build the altar, the ofrenda for Ben Solo. I want to know no, think, um, what Ben Solo's I legacy think... is.
2: I think we are finally moving out of that phase, Eric. To, I agree. To talk about it being cliche. In a I think we're contest. yes, in the larger context, con, you know, the context of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, larger context of Star Wars. Like we now have live action TV shows. We have animated shows. We are moving past the prequels. We have this new book stuff with the High Republic. We're moving past the prequels. Finally, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> I'm tired of talking about the prequels. But I'm almost. I, I was tired of the sequels. Sorry, the sequels, Yeah, I, I, I was. I was tired of talking about the sequels. Yes! Now I'm almost ready to talk about it again I from agree. a bigger picture point of view. I think the books have filled in the gaps in yeah. a lot of ways. It's been two
4: years. So th- th- make that a future. I think, I think we episode. can
2: finally talk the about sequels yeah, the sequels revisited. the sequels revisited. Yeah, I think put we can that finally in talk immediately. About, I'm going to forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I think we can finally talk about Ben Solo. Yeah. and his death and his redemption and what it looks like. And I think. I think we needed more lines in the movies about there being more good in Ben. I think that maybe would have made it more viable because we got yeah. that with Vader. Why did nobody have any problem with yeah. Vader being redeemed? And maybe they did, yeah. but we weren't around for that movie to be created, point, right? Right? Yeah. right? But because like, Leia has you know, it. Vader? She's
1: like, there's still good in him, I know it. Like she yeah, tells it to Han. Exactly. That's like their last conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I, I love Ben's legacy being that it it's it's literally what Luke says. No one's ever really gone. I think that is Ben Solo's legacy, is that the last yeah. he was he was struggling, he was fighting to be loved, to be accepted, to to find to live up to whatever he wanted to be up until the last hour of his life. Like that last Exegol sequence, I will still put up against anything else in Star Wars. But when once Ben Solo arrives at Exegol and fights Palpatine with Ray, I love it. Um yeah, grabbing the lightsaber, <laughs> like rising up to the Solo Skywalker legacy. Like, I think he, and also we're assuming in the, in this exercise, right? We're building the altar, and Ray tells us all the story, right? So like, if that's going in, mm. the picture that I do is the is the still frame when he mm. sees Ray through the Force, and it's just Ben's face. It's like clean. He's like right in the middle of all the Knights of Ren. Shirtless, uh, shirtless. Go on. Shirt, <laughs> ideally, it would be shirtless. Uh, High waisted <laughs> pants. High <laughs> waisted pants ben solo. No. It's very specific, I, Eric. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's a different
1: alternative. Matter with you? Nah. <laughs> this this one, I think it's it's the uh, it's oh. the only moment I think he may have been truly at peace in his entire <clears> life, <throat> and I think it yeah. is that no matter what you've done, no matter who your parents are, no matter what mistakes you've made, similar. I think. Weirdly, this is fitting because I think Ben Solo tonight, as we've been talking about it, is actually the culmination of every other legacy that went before him. It's really Obi Wan, Leia, really Luke, and Han. Yeah, yeah, all in one. He does have a lot of. Dang, those, look at those,
2: that! Those, a lot of those struggles. I know Ben <laughs> Solo is a fascinatingly complex character. Yeah. that, Unfortunately, the sequel trilogy, like, really kind of beat into the ground with all of the negative, toxic stuff. And, you know, inevitably in our lifetime when we get the next trilogy of Star Wars films, because let's be honest, there will be another trilogy of Star Wars films at some point. Like, it's going to be very interesting to be on the sidelines and watch just how toxic it gets again, right? I mean, this is going to happen every single time we get Star Wars films. It's going to be toxic as all hell. And it's fun to look back at the complexity of these characters once we have... More information, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, sorry, like, I, I just started I was,
1: thinking about the Rogue Squadron movie and got real excited. Uh,
2: <laughs> I it's going to be wild. Ben yeah. dimshin's like yes. his arc on Kajimi, and the, we already talked about it with Han Solo and everything. Is like, mm-hmm. man, that is some powerful emotional storytelling. Like Absolutely. he could never run. He could never run. He tried so hard.
1: He yeah. tried yeah. So hard to run from his family
2: and everything. Even, he even Kylo he Ren. It.
1: Like we have met now the Ren. That's not like he. He never has a unique name. He's either the Ren or he's the Solo. Like, he needs yeah. his own identity. And it's like, it it is miraculous he ends the way he does with that sacrifice yeah. and that amount of love. And, you know, no but matter we, who you are, you we, can find that.
3: We for sure didn't get enough, like, redemption scenes from Ben. It was, I mean, it's heavily weighted in the fact that he was Kylo Ren and that he killed a whole bunch of people and he killed yeah. his, he killed his father and, and you have this, you know, fifteen so Bagers, twenty though, right? fifteen I mean, minutes of Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then that's why I was, thought that was interesting that you brought that up, is that nobody had a problem with, with Darth Vader's uh redemption, but everybody yeah. has a problem with Ben Solos, right? So then, he has thirty seconds to being a good of. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. but um <clears throat> I think that's I think that's something that needs to be fleshed out, whether it be oh it's gonna have to be a book or oh, Adam driver's now coming back. So
1: no, he, he's doing plenty of stuff. I think he's yeah. busy. <laughs> I want to see the last duel, but yeah. 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 I think, yeah. um,
4: I think he's a good example. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. My, my mom used to tell me uh, you are who you hang out with, which was to say that, that you uh, should choose your company carefully and that you should choose the people who are important to you carefully.
1: And that, I've made a grievous mistake looking at this four yes, panel right?
4: camera. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, one of my one of the moments for Ben Solo slash Kyler Wren that I think the most about is the line You come from nothing. You're nothing, but not to me. And yeah. I, I just I find so. that line to be so powerful to just to find those people in your life who are that level of important to you and to just cling to them with absolutely everything that you have. And, and Ben Solo was a wonderful example of that.
1: Yeah. And we haven't talked about this in a while because of its release, but if you haven't read the rise of Skywalker novelization by Ray Carson, uh, a lot of this really gets, gets, it hits home in that book with the Ben Solo stuff. Was of uh, expansion of it from his time on Exegol to his last moments, and it's a really beautiful encapsulation of this of that vibe. Um, and I I don't think we're done with him. And I think in stuff like the Rise of Kylo Ren, we see him before all of it. And I think that could also be a picture on the friend. though, right, like the the Jedi Ben, the yeah. the young Ben that is hopeful, that is with Luke, that is learning mm-hmm. about the ways of the Force, and is you know, and, and then even going to last shot, baby Ben with Uncle Wanwo. Like, yes. I think mean, there are so many moments in his life that could belong on that altar that could tell off maybe the the most full story of all these people, and I and I love that idea. So, as uh as we get to the actual Day of the Dead coming up in November, um, I encourage all of you watching and listening think about those folks in your life that, you know, if they've passed on, you you don't have to. Go through all the steps of building one if you don't want to. But, like, you know, in your mind, maybe maybe pick some pictures of those people that you love. Think about their legacies. Think about those moments that you had with them and what they meant to you. Uh, it could be a really special time of year. Um, After you've gotten your candy, after you've gone to your parties next weekend, um, take some time and just celebrate those that have gone. And if they're fictional, all the better. You know what? They're, they're always with us uh, no matter what, just as Luke said. Oh, all right. I'm done being emotional for the evening. I started emotional and I ended there. Um, and next <clears> week, <throat> folks, uh, we're going to get emotional again because, sneak peek, the four of us are going to be talking about the first uh, five or ten books that we ever read in Star Wars. We're going to go back in time and talk about how we, before Utini was a thing, got into Star Wars literature uh, and enjoy the train wreck that it was. Uh, Because Corey, I'm pretty sure, read five random cool-looking orange-covered books. (laughs)
2: Pretty much. Pretty much. It was absolutely a trip down memory lane to talk about the legacy of the Force series on Star Wars Archives. Like, I had not even... Trevor reminded me of things that, that were somewhere deep down in my brain that I have not thought about in... Friggin' 20 years. It was an awesome episode.
4: It was the most Trevor thing ever, where he had two minutes to talk about the whole series and used all of it to talk about the first book or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, like the
1: first 30% of the
2: first book. It was incredible.
1: Uh, Which means shout out to our buddy Trevor who got to meet Warwick Davis this week. Uh, and got true. his oh, book science. Did. so congrats Trev that's
2: that's true I wonder if I can find that picture really quick I'll throw it up Well, or, or, we'll, we'll see if you can out.
1: but I do want to just say end uh, by saying all of you that tuned in tonight thank you so much to all of you celebrating Dia de los Muertos I hope you have a very wonderful impactful and emotional time remembering those that have gone before and if any of you want to watch us in real time unlock Corey's generational trauma with Star Wars tune in <laughs> next week live uh, to see him glass over. Uh Corey, this is your last warning. i about you the outro. I feel it coming. Do you have that picture?
2: Oh, I, I do. I have it I have it ready to Amazing. go. Amazing. It's coming. Go. Right here.
0: Uh,
1: Our audio listeners have definitely gone Look, Look at that!
2: Look at that. Trevor at that. and uh, Warwick, Warwick Davis. I don't remember the exact Trev story, Warwick but Warwick Davis, Warwick Davis was uh, some kind of VIP in a project that Trevor's company was working on. and yeah, well, He carried around... Over there. He carried around this – this uh, here, I'm not going to actually show the whole uh, image. I'm just going to pull it up in in Slack itself um, because Trevor was carrying around this crazy book, Wicket Finds a Way, <laughs> an Ewok adventure, and uh, he got him to sign it, and that's pretty rad. Or uh, Davis to is such
1: a champ. Or Davis'
2: signature on this yep, crazy book. No. Er- I can just picture Trevor carrying this thing around. That's so Trevor.
1: <laughs> so happy for you, man. Uh congratulations ending on a high note. Uh before next week we go back into chaos. Because my friends, that will do it for this week's episode of the Living Force. If you support us on Patreon, congratulations, you're about to get our Attack of the Clones commentary. We're recording Friday. It'll hit your feeds next week. Cannot wait. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, OK Endar, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Tyler Latour, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at Star Wars MD. Charles Zetzi, Hankel, and Wes is at BossWes. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor and newly tattooed birthday boy. Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer... Community manager and uh, unfortunate Astros fan. Thanks to Corey Charles and Wes for podcasting me tonight. Thanks to all of you for watching. Go Atlanta Braves! And as always, may the force be with you.
0: There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community.